0: Everybody, you're listening to the Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 532 Same Old Tiger. Chillians, and welcome back to the Big Chill Podcast. I'm Frank, joins Zoe's with Eddie. Eddie, uh, you know, we were just having a, a good laugh pre-podcast, but I do have some sad news to report Uh-oh. that's happening in Tucson, Arizona. Oh, okay. <laughs> they are demolishing the roller rink. Oh Oh, no! We have our hockey, our hockey leagues in. Oh no! uh, In favor of a massive casino, they're putting in the place. (laughs) Oh my god, this is yes, this
1: is sad, sad times. (laughs) (laughs) Never thought we'd get another play out of this.
0: Awesome. (laughs) Well, what? So, what does that mean? Tucson Indoor Sports Center. Goodbye. Well, I mean they're putting in permanent ice rinks that will be done in like two to three years. So I think most people will just play ice full time and not kind of do both. They might put a rink somewhere else. I mean, it really sucks for, I like, they have a really good club. The university has a really good club roller hockey team. Like they're number three in the country right now. (laughs) So in a few, like after this season, they're not going to have a place to play, which is crazy.
1: Kind of blows my mind that the university doesn't have those facilities themselves. I mean, I guess it's a little niche, but I mean, my university didn't have a a roller ring. No. Then again, I don't think we had any sports teams relating to skating. So (laughs) there's that bit. But But so is is this effectively your retirement? Are you going to be?
0: Well, that's there's a few questions involved there. So, I I mean, I'll probably end up just playing ice. It's just that I haven't played ice hockey in 24. five years (laughs) so i'm not as good of a skater on ice as i am on roller um but we had we were talking because it kind of got there was like an email which was kind of weird there was an email sent out you know like hey there's a really important meeting about the future of the rink on thursday and then the meeting came thursday and i people thought it was going to be like a Hey, this might happen. This is what we need to do. Like blah, blah, blah. And it was just basically, Hey, the rink's, the rink's getting demolished by, (laughs) like, like, why couldn't that just been the email? I don't know. Like it was played off as if, you know, like we need people to come and like show their support and maybe, maybe we can get this going. So So You know what
1: this tells us, Frank, you've been watching too many episodes of the mighty ducks. And you thought there was going to be some community push to save the rink? Who's going to, you know, somebody think of the children. You thought that was going to happen. And yeah. instead, the cold, hard reality of the nope. real world hit you smack in the face.
0: Yep. To put on a Native American casino. <laughs> there you go. But, but uh, I mean, they might be able to just like take the rink apart and put it somewhere else if they can find a spot to put it. Uh, but it's just that. This was a good setup because it had a is, nice bar and a little Is your backyard big enough. It is. Oh, well there I you I thought about it. There you go.
1: This is this is your calling. <laughs> this and that's a documentary.
0: <laughs> this is could be one. But we were saying the other thing too now is since it's going to be demolished soon, there's only like a set amount of games left. And the day before the announcement we had a we had like a round of, of games and the last game of the day was was our team's game and I played really well and it went to a shootout and I scored the like game winning shootout to win it on a move that nine times out of ten I can't do, but I just was like, fuck it, I'm gonna go for it and did it perfectly and scored for the win and I came off and then the other kids were just like, dude, just just retire. That's it you're done in two months anyway, just end on that note. So there's like, we've been discussing if you have a really, really good game and there's like four games left, do you just walk off on like a really good game and just never come back?
1: (laughs) I think that this is, this explains that mentality explains why your team's not winning any titles. (laughs) If right there we see (laughs) inside the minds of some losers there.
0: (laughs) But yeah, we'll have to see what happens. Hopefully it just gets moved to somewhere else. Um, I mean it would just really suck for the for the actual university students who you know are pretty good players <laughs> to not have a rink anymore would really suck. And
1: there're no other rinks rinks in Tucson? That's it?
0: Not in line. Hmm. Yeah. There's outdoor ones, but I mean that's terrible for your equipment. It'll tear your wheels up and stuff. Oh, the outdoor. Know. Tell me about it. I've I've <laughs> lost
1: so many wheels that way. It's been that's why I had to retire. But Speaking of a topic that I'm sure to ple- will please you, someone who seemingly isn't close to retirement. This isn't live golf talk, but it is a little bit of golf talk. Tiger Woods. I don't know if you saw. He's playing in the uh, Sony Genesis, Genesis. Open this weekend, where he claims he's he's in it to win it. Although the scoreboard, he might miss the cut. Scoreboard says otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> but he. Uh, he did. He was paired with Justin Thomas yesterday. And after out driving Justin Thomas on the ninth hole, he discreetly slipped something into Justin Thomas's hand, which uh, got a little chuckle out of Justin Thomas. And uh, it was caught by photographers. They were able to see exactly what it was. Some people speculated that it was money. Other people thought maybe it was some kind of note, you know, something he'd written, a funny joke. Drugs. Turns out, Yeah. <laughs> yeah Yeah, hooker's phone number turns out instead it was a tampax so obviously it was his little out joke after out driving justin thomas that he slipped a tampax in now i don't think we have to discuss you know there's a little bit of a backlash associated with this joke feels like society has maybe moved past the drive like a girl hit like a girl throw like a girl all of that kind of discussion and you'd think tiger woods as a dad of a you know has a daughter (laughs) might not want to be reinforcing that kind of old school behavior throw out all of the analysis of whether it's a good joke a bad joke a right joke a wrong joke i want to ask you how frequently do you think tiger woods has a tampax in his golf bag just off the on the off chance the opportunity presents himself
0: for him to pull out that joke uh, to be honest, I, I don't even know – It's such that's such a weird thing to – is it in his golf bag or is it in his back pocket even? Like, oh, he's not. Is he just carrying them around all day just waiting for the opportunity to burn someone in like a 1990s joke? Well,
1: that's the other thing too. Right? Or,
0: do you think the people, or is he like – go ahead. Do you think the
1: people who play with him on a consistent basis, just like who you assume Tiger outdrives probably – all the time it's just like, oh god, Tiger's outdriven me again. Gonna get another Tampax. <laughs> Here we go, yeah. Tampax number 17 of the round. We get it, Tiger.
0: I mean, that's true, that's also true. Does he do it every time, or does Justin Thomas give it back to him if he outdrives him on the next hole? Yes. is it like a placeholder? Yeah. <laughs> Seemingly, it's uh,
1: I mean, he and Justin Thomas, it's clear, have a pretty good relationship, so I'm sure he picked it. The thing you have to think is that morning, he he packed it, right? Or he asked his caddy to pack it. So their forethought went into this. The opportunity just didn't randomly appear. Yeah. And then it becomes even more pathetic if you think, if he didn't ahead of time say, this is the hole now. Like, we're having a little bet. Let's see who can outdrive each other. If otherwise, he was just waiting for, well, I'm going to wait for the you know, the one par four or par five where I outdrive drive him and then I'm going to slip the Tampax into his hand. That's the other thing I would question. Like, did Justin Thomas, did they stand on the tee ahead of time and go long drive competition? Because if not, this is <laughs> yeah. even more pathetic.
0: Yeah. First, for, when you first were telling this story, I thought for a second maybe they were a big fan of Amanda Bynes and she's the man where she convinces all the uh, male soccer players that they work great for nosebleeds. And I thought maybe Justin Thomas had a nosebleed, and this was like Tiger Woods' big secret. (laughs) But no, he's just uh, just playing a lame joke. (laughs) Which isn't
1: surprising, right? I don't think... It seems in line with Tiger's character, but he's definitely facing a bit of a backlash for it.
0: Yeah. I did see that... uh, His driving on the first round was pretty impressive. He was, I think, 15 or 20 yards above the tour average at his age and his frail conditions.
1: (laughs) Because he knew he had that Tampax in his back pocket and he knew he had to get it out there. It was an extra. Maybe
0: he had it just for this tournament as motivation to hit the ball extra hard. It's like his lucky rabbit's foot. He's just going to carry. Yeah. Just as fluffy. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> and white. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: But more practical, I guess. But no, a strange move and a uh, good way to get yourself on the back pages without doing anything notable as an actual golfer.
0: So just the kind of... I guess, speaking of Tiger Woods, Eddie, I had a, a post that was on Golf Digest Instagram. And I want you to tell me which one of these options you would pick and how pointless of a post this is by golf digest. So it says $1 million on the line. Who do you take option one, Patrick Mahomes needing a touchdown in the fourth quarter option two: tiger woods, 10 foot birdie putt on the 72nd hole option three, LeBron James three pointer in overtime option four. Messi penalty kick in the 90th minute. First off, they are not very comparable in any sense. (laughs) No, I mean it's obviously
1: the penalty. I mean that's the the penalty is clearly you know, you're talking about something that any professional footballer, you know, the the, it's just like 75% conversion rate on average versus But it's also
0: it's not as if Messi is like Number one all time in penalties. No,
1: well, yeah, but LeBron isn't number you know, one. Like, they should have at least picked Steph Curry for the three pointer. Then I maybe start to think about yeah. it. But is it a wide open three? Is it contested three? How far behind the three point line is he? Same. The the. I mean, I know it's a stupid question, but like at least with the penalty and the Tiger Woods putt. Although the putt, you still need a bit more information. Like, is this just a dead straight on the like maybe slightly uphill even putt? Or is it like a curve? Or is it Happy
0: Gilmore? You got to go around a, a car and a, a stand. Yeah, he's
1: got a ton of break that he's got to read into it. We don't know the situation there. It's got to be the penalty. It's the only one in which you have a controlled environment where you would know exactly yeah. and where you'd be and, heavily. And honest. all
0: of those compared to an entire touchdown in the fourth quarter by Mahomes. <laughs> like well, That's an entire drive you got to put yeah, together. They don't, well, they don't
1: tell you where he's starting, right? So, yeah. Is it Patrick Mahomes on the one-yard line with three seconds to go? Even then, I I take the penalty kick. Like, there is no scenario where any of those – you could tell me Steph Curry wide open in the corner. You could tell me Patrick Mahomes from the one-yard line with four downs. I'd still take the penalty. Like, just it's –
0: How about in the Super Bowl, would you take – Colin Kaepernick from the five yard line with four downs to win the Super Bowl. Would you take that?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Every time. I would, I'd say
0: if only, if only we had evidence. Yeah.
1: No. Yeah. That's a, it's a, and it's a shame. Cause you could probably come up with a better list. Like the penalty equivalent in, in the NBA would be, I don't know, Steph Curry with a one free throw. You know, yeah. like that would be the, <laughs> a single free throw to win the game. Two.
0: He has to make both.
1: Yeah, that would probably be about an equivalent percentage. You, you could figure out where Tiger Woods has a like seventy-five percent make rate from. I doubt it's eight feet. I don't. Yes. I don't know. And then for the NFL, you'd want like a Justin Tucker field goal. It would have to be that. It'd be like Justin Tucker from forty yards. Who yeah. Who are
0: you taking then? It would be you'd have to quarterback. or the Golf guy Just really, really botched this. Yeah. <laughs> As soon as I saw it. Because at first I was like, oh, this could be good to talk about. And then I read through them and I was like, these are not comparable at all.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But have you watched, Eddie, Full Swing, the golf Netflix documentary yet? I
1: watched one episode of it. I, I, I feel like I might be like out sports. Golfed? No, just like the season-long sports documentaries. I feel like oh. – overplayed yeah i feel like we maybe don't want done been there done We don't need one for every sport maybe maybe this is what we're figuring out like i get it if you're a huge golf fan and you've not watched the rest this is great if you're a huge tennis fan and you haven't watched the rest this is great but if you're someone like me or you where it's like i've watched the manchester city one the tottenham hotspur one i watch hard knocks i've watched uh last chance you you know like i feel slightly (laughs) overwhelmed by the how much do I want to yeah. invest in finding out what, how Rory McIlroy mentally and physically prepares for a
0: golf season? Turns out, not as much as I maybe thought. <laughs> I, I might, because I'm assuming they have to capture the live controversy in there. They do. Right? They picked
1: the best, absolute okay. best season to
0: ever do this. So I'll probably watch it because, I mean, you know, I'm a huge fan of the Live Golf Tour. Yeah, but be, ca- be careful when Tucson. they
1: when they besmirch the good name of the Live Golf Tour, you might destroy your TV or something. So
0: oh, shit. it might be
1: like one of those fake videos that come out after every NFL game of angry Eagles fan <laughs> destroys TV after Chiefs game-winning field goal. How many people... <laughs> Sports Center shares another one of those. How often are we going to believe that A, you're filming it B, the guy's right by the TV. C, surprisingly enough, not the greatest TV you've ever seen. You know, like, <laughs> it's always, hey, you probably bought that TV, I don't know, 15 years ago and it's, you've either just replaced it or decided you were about to throw it out. Like, and good, you got a, a million views through Sports Center for <laughs> terrible acting while you smashed it.
0: Yeah. I think I might watch it, at least watch a little bit of it just because I don't, Follow golf. I don't follow the tour super regularly, but I follow like the lives of the players. I guess you could say, like through you know news reports and things like that. So it'd be a good in between for me, where a lot of it would probably be new to me. So and potentially interesting with the whole live golf. I would probably, but I agree. I I agree that it's being overplayed. Especially like the last chance, you and stuff. It's a little different because it's like a unique situation and like there's unique stories to it, but like even hard knocks, I don't watch hard knocks anymore. It just became every time it's the same thing. You have quirky rookie, you have really good rookie. Who's also kind of strange. You know, you have like, it's the same shit every, every year you have a coach. Who's an asshole. You have a coach who's really funny. It's like, we get it.
1: The one I would have actually from a golf perspective, I would have rather they have done like the corn fairy tour and looked at golfers struggling to make the PGA where it would have felt like they had more on the line. Like I know Rory McIlroy will internally feel like he has a lot on the line and he'll be thinking about his legacy and trying to put himself down as one of the all-time great golfers, but fundamentally there's nothing left for Rory McElroy. You know, he's never has to worry about money again in his life. He's guaranteed to be able to make money for the rest of his life. He's is one enough to retire and, you know, kind of make any anyone shortlist for greatest golfers of all time. So hearing his thoughts on the game of golf and the pressure that he goes through to me, it's not that interesting. Whereas if you did go to some guy trying to get his PGA, like his tour card and really struggling and, and also then getting a better understanding of what that life is like versus like, oh, wow, look, Roy McIlroy on another private jet flying to Hawaii for a tournament. Must be tough. He's going to tell me how hard it is for him to be away from his family all the time. Boo-hoo. I feel so sorry for him. And I like Rory McIlroy. I'm not trying to... And I'm I'm just picking on him because he is one of the central figures within the show. But yeah, it's uh, the Corn Fairy Tour. I think I would have rather... Even the European Tour. You could have told me there's a little bit more on the line there for the average golfer.
0: They're not just... Life isn't pretty set already. Not super exciting in in sports I'm, there is some european football we can discuss but the only little news i have from the nfl that's trickled down is what we talked about previously is that dean blandino has come out and said that there will likely be changes to that qb sneak that everyone but philadelphia eagles fans absolutely hate so i am i am happy to hear about that because i just it, it is such a ridiculous play to me And it takes away from the fun of actually having a team potentially stop someone at fourth and one and fourth and two. See, I think,
1: I don't mind it. I don't dislike it nearly as much as you do. And kind of when we discussed it, I think teams should invest more time into trying to figure out an appropriate strategy to stop it. The argument for why it it will probably be- But
0: then they're just going to start killing each other. (laughs) Well,
1: the argument for why is from a player safety standpoint, it's a a pretty, when you're trying to limit- like head-to-head contact this is a way to kind of guarantee uh you know multiple head-to-head contact in, in a single play so i understand why they're they're probably going to get rid of it but i do think if you're the eagles this will be eagles fans if they want to if you're buying into the nfl conspiracy the combination of the slightly soft penalty towards the end of the game to kind of steal the game for the chiefs and then them taking away the play that your team had mastered that any other team could have employed. Some did, but you were the ones that kind of the, you know, the starring example of how to run it. You could see why you might be feel as if would, I guess the argument would be if this had been Belichick's Belichick, Brady era Patriots play, does it get outlawed? And part of me says no.
0: Yeah. Well, the flake gate, I mean, that's different. <laughs> I, I, I don't have an issue with it. I mean, I think if anything, it'll make it a little more competitive again on those short yardage downs where even, I mean, it, it extends way long, way more than the Super Bowl. because anytime you watch the Eagles or, one or two other teams that did very similar like strategies with the sneak a defense would make a really nice stop and it'd be fourth and one and you or fourth and two and you think oh either they're gonna punt or they're gonna maybe try it and then it would just be this qb sneak that would always get it so i kind of think it makes it more fun again it brings that excitement into like a fourth and one where can a team really f this up where they sometimes more often than not do (laughs)
1: yeah but it feels i guess this is the issue are we if your mindset is it's from a comp- competition standpoint, it's too successful. And that's not a good argument for me to outlaw a play because then it would be like, well, we better do something. This Justin Tucker doesn't miss enough field
0: goals for it to be exciting. Let's, you know, he better wear an eye patch. Well, it's, there's too much offense already. 38-35 Super Bowl, that's too much offense. But no, I, I think
1: the argument is player safety, and that's, that's probably what's going to be. I'll be interested to see how they word the ruling. Because they're going to have to be really
0: careful. Quarterback cannot be pushed from behind.
1: Okay, so then you, who? How do we define the quarterback? So if you have a direct snap to the fullback instead, can I? Can we do it?
0: No, that he would be the quarterback for that play.
1: No, but you don't get
0: whoever's taking the snap. Oh,
1: so now you have to say whoever receives the snap. But what if? Okay, now what if I re- take the snap and very quickly hand it to another player? You said, I mean, they're going to have to be. Okay, how about no, no pushing from behind. Okay, so then <laughs> does that outlaw all of those plays where? yes player like yeah
0: in- I, I, i'm fine with that too yes because i think that's even you know what if if i'm gonna say what i dislike more i think i dislike that part even more because then that part gets very controversial so, so, as to when the ref yeah. blows the whistle so just sometimes they'll start pushing
1: because we know what we're talking about but we'll just, okay so we're talking about <laughs> the times like in running in the actual plays where a player kind of gets held up and they'll be just short of the first down marker or potentially just short of the end zone. And then a couple of linemen come and barrel into
0: them. Uh, four hog mollies. Yeah. And, as, and push them.
1: As Dave Gettleman would call yeah. them. And you're right. The frustrating thing about that is there's so much inconsistency as to when the play gets blown dead. And you can see one play yeah. basically gain an extra five yards over an absolutely identical play simply because the, a referee and official hasn't decided there was forward progress and he'll let it go. And that, that doesn't seem right.
0: Yeah. I'm okay with all of that then being cut out, but I, I doubt they're going to go that far. They're going to make some stupid rule that then is going to be controversial and there's going to be a big call not made or made depending on this weird rule they've implemented. Oh, we're, the NFL just can't make any rule easy. We're going to have
1: <laughs> a moment where it's like, uh, you know, 10 yard penalty because, the running back's hand like brushed the ass of the quarterback as they went forward. And that's going to be interpreted as pushing, you know, there's going to be, unless they word this rule very carefully, it's going to cause uh, cause some real issues, but we'll see, or maybe nothing will happen. Maybe I I assume the Eagles are not going to be in favor of this rule change. So maybe he'll be able to convince enough other teams that it's not something they want made either. But you mentioned European football there, and obviously the Champions League was back. Wasn't the most eventful Champions League weekend. Not a good start for the Premier League. <laughs> no, so you had Chelsea losing. And then, then and Spurs. And Spurs losing, <laughs> which was probably maybe more surprising, but both losing in a way that they go into the next leg feeling as if they got a chance. PSG lost 1-0 at home to Bayern, which that's a real uphill task for them now to go to munich and overturn a a first leg deficit and i like that mbappe post-match said it's going to require that all the team focus eat well sleep well really dedicated and then uh, thursday night last night in paris uh, neymar was photographed you saw him out I could have. Neymar was. You were drinking with him. He was photographed in a McDonald's at midnight after taking part in a poker tournament. So he is nice. He is focused on the things that really matter to him. So,
0: and then I mean, I mean, they do say French McDonald's is healthier, already. So
1: <laughs> it's true and undoubtedly way better. <laughs> but uh, the, the real talking point from European football well football taking place in Europe I guess we should say was Manchester City going to the Emirates and getting a 3-1 victory that pushes them perhaps temporarily ahead in the title race Arsenal can still go, they have a game in hand so they're level on points, City ahead on goal difference but Arsenal can retake the lead but it does feel after the weekend defeat for Arsenal and then this, well draw sorry draw against uh, brentford and then this defeat it does feel as if if it's it's over it's starting to slip it's over. slip away <laughs> and
0: oh they have come back down to earth and it is unraveling quickly on planet earth for arsenal because now
1: <laughs> that long season looks a whole lot longer and now it's not just looking over their shoulders at city yeah it's looking over their shoulders at united it might even be looking over that their shoulders is at, at Newcastle. <laughs> like, I think an honest Arsenal supporter right now should take the top, get top, top four, four it <laughs> a successful season. <laughs> right. And I know when they go, just, if they pull everything, get top four now. If they pull everything together and they win the Premier League, these will, will be words that come back to haunt me. But you know, United look like a little bit of a freight train in behind them. You got the experience, the city kind of been there, done that. Arsenal squad is thinner. The injuries are starting to take a little bit of their toll. And yeah, it's, I mean, tomorrow, our time of recording, probably by the time listeners hear this, it will have happened already. They face this sort of dreaded lunchtime kickoff away to Aston Villa. It's one of those matches you can easily, you should win, but you can easily slip up in in anything other than a win. Anything other than three points. If they don't get three points tomorrow, I will write the Premier
0: League title race off tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, that's a it's a big one. But I mean, that's and this is where I think they start to feel it is when they had what four, five, six points in hand. It was a little bit of a oh, we got a draw. It's okay, you know, we got four left. But now it's every match is vital. You you. Just get two draws back-to-back, back, oh, done, goodbye, Former game over. If
1: former co-host <laughs> of the podcast, Sam, listens to this episode, what you have just said will trigger him no end. While he was in Paris last weekend, he was complaining about the fact that, according to the media, every match Arsenal play now is huge. Every match. Oh, if they draw points, it's huge. It's huge. Whereas City I, it's not the same pressure. Right. Not the same pressure <laughs> on City. He was complaining about it. I was like, well, it's true, because at least you know, City have the resume yeah. behind them. We know that they can string eleven wins together towards the end of the season and yeah.
0: close a gap on another. But, day and day. and that's the other thing too. Yeah, and I, I yeah, I see I think Sam's wrong here because City can slip up and they can lose a match or draw a match, but more often than not I am confident they go in and demolish a team and get three points. Arsenal, I don't feel the same way that if they pick up, you know, a loss or a draw that, Oh, don't worry. Cause next week they're just going to go in and, and win three 0 to this team or to that team or to a lower team. Like they don't have that type of manpower to just go in and manhandle a win. Like I, yeah, I, I, I agree with the media and, Sam can come back on and shove it for all I care. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, the thing is, it's interesting, too. When you look in Arsenal's run of fixtures now, it is a very winnable set of fixtures that they have coming up in the league. Away to Villa, away to Leicester, home to Everton, home to Bournemouth, away to Fulham, home to Palace, home to Leeds. Like, that is a set of fixtures where you kind of have no excuse to not pretty much win all of them. You know, those are all mid table to bottom half of the table teams so they should be going into those thinking what is that seven matches we should be able to win seven on the bounce now if we win seven on the bounce there's a good chance city will have slipped up at least once in that time and then that gives us the gap again that we need but then there's the reverse of that which is there's a lot when the fixtures i almost feel like if you're arsenal right now I i think they would if i were them i would want to be playing like united this weekend a game where you felt like if you were coming off a of low if you slipped up again you could at least write it off but now they're gonna have all the pressure yeah. all of that expectation of like we've got to get right back to winning ways now it's uh it's gonna be interesting but i think i think the last six days have have probably ended their hopes <laughs> and the last little talking point, I guess, from European football, uh, Europa League, which we pay virtually no attention to, Barcelona and Manchester United did serve up, I think one of the best European matches I've seen in a really long time. Barcelona kind of lost possession, created some good chances, but United created the better chances, probably uh, didn't get the rub of the green when it came to the officiating, finished in a 2 all draw easily could have been I think United probably deserved to win it on the balance of play but a two-all draw away to Barcelona gives them every hope going back to Old Trafford so that's I mean again it's part of the reasons why I'm worried for Arsenal because United do look like they've started to kind of figure things out and Rashford at the moment
0: yeah you, I was gonna say did is is it United that's figured it out or is it Rashford that's figured it out
1: I mean you could make a legitimate argument that Marcus Rashard might be the best player in the world right now. The post-World yeah, Cup. That's crazy. And it's even crazier when you think he didn't start England's, you know, World Cup quarterfinal against France. Yeah. So you're talking about... But that. also
0: played great in the World Cup too.
1: He did, yeah. He did. But yeah, you're... I think it would be... You'd be hard-pressed to come up with an argument for a player who's been, been better and... In the, I mean, it's, we're only talking about a six-week period, so it's not a huge sample size, but it would be difficult to find someone who, who has been more dominant, and especially because of the range of things that he can do in terms of how he's not, you know, he's not like Holland. He's not isolated from play. He's picking the ball up from midfield. He's driving at players. He's creating chances for himself. It's, uh, it's pretty spectacular, and it's going to be interesting... I think the person who must be the most worried about it in some respects is Phil Foden, who is currently not playing at City. You've got Grealish playing pretty well at City right now. Rashford playing extremely well for United. Phil Foden, who was the player you could not leave out at the World Cup. He might be a player struggling to, I mean, he's (laughs) obviously going to be in the squad, but he might be struggling to justify a place in the starting lineup for England for the next few months at least.
0: Yeah, and sad for him, but I I love to see Grealish getting some time and playing well and putting in some good minutes because you know, he's he's looked really good the last few months, so
1: No, it's and it's a nice story for Grealish, right? Because he had such a great attitude post city move, kind of taking the criticism agreeing with some of it and really riding that wave and now he's getting a you know, a an extended run in the city side. He's playing well, scoring goals, setting up goals, and kind of answering his critics in the process. And so I was pleased to see him score against Arsenal because as part of the discussions with former co-host Sam last week, I said that I felt like Jack Grealish was starting to at least somewhat justify the price tag. He asked me what he'd done really lately and well, he went to the Emirates and scored a goal, so Sam could take that. <laughs> uh,
0: I guess you also were uh, with a one time co host, Ollie. Uh whoa, whoa. Does he want whoa. us to mention, guest, Chelsea?
1: Guest, guest. He was
0: <laughs> one time guest co host, Ollie. <laughs> Uh, Did he make any mention that he wants us to discuss Chelsea at no, all? Or no? I think. W- would he? Pre- would he prefer we just keep them in the in the garbage can I, where uh, they belong? Yeah, I think the less the
1: less said, the better. From from all these perspectives,
0: you know, you once he, he <laughs> accused the Tennessee Titans of being trash adjacent. Where would you put Chelsea in terms of the garbage right now? They're probably
1: on one of those like uh, you know those massive garbage islands out in the ocean where just just floating along f- all of their p- new signings collecting more shit yeah, all of the new signs it's like their new signings aren't actually new footballers it's like random disused pieces of plastic yeah, like a, oh look there's a sprite bottle better sign him up
0: oh here's wow well look at that coca-cola bottle it's got some really neat tattoos on its neck yeah. let's let's bring that over
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so i think that's a great analogy for uh for for what's going on at stanford bridge but no I, I did sit through them with him on Saturday and watch the Chelsea, Chelsea match at lunchtime. And that was not the most pleasant of viewing. So yeah, I think the less said the better for right now. We'll see. Maybe they'll bounce back in the final few weeks of the season, but I, I doubt it. He did say if he wants champions league or no Europe, doesn't want Europa league, doesn't want the Europa conference. So if it's a choice between finishing fourth or ninth, he'll take ninth. I mean, he's, he's probably lucky, right? Because it's a decision he won't be able to make, but I think he might get ninth. So he's going to get what he wants, but not because he had any
0: say in it. Yeah, it must be tough to watch Chelsea at this point. I think they have, what, four goals in their last 10 matches or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it must be some pretty shitty viewing. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, and this comes from someone who watches Blackburn week in, week out. So I, I know I'd rather be at Ewood Park than Stamford Bridge right now. So... Does that round up our sports discussion? Do we move on to the last of us and any other non-sporting topics that we'd like to
0: discuss? Yeah, actually, I guess before we get to the television, you know, you, you mentioned you spent some time with, with Ollie and Sam, uh, you had a new gift of a, uh, a, a Kong beer funnel. Did it make an appearance out at the bar? How did it go?
1: Yeah, so for those completely, you can Google it. We'll, we'll put a picture up on our Instagram and on Twitter so people can search for the Big Chill Podcast. On it's,
0: social- it's on Facebook all the time. I know, like but, it's, well, for it, you. It hits those Facebook ads. For you. I've, <laughs>
1: I've never had a Facebook ad for it. But, but, <laughs> but yeah, if you follow the Big Chill Podcast on Instagram or Twitter, we'll put a picture up of it. I'll, I'll probably even put up a, photo, a video of, of it in use in the near future. I took it out on Friday night, the night that it arrived. So we took it to Bugsy's. Uh, I guess the downer slightly. For those to explain what it is, basically it's like a, a drinks hole. It's a
0: hard shell koozie. Yeah. It's a hard shell koozie that you can then uh, screw into it a little tube that you can then create a funnel out of it. And then when the tube's not in use, it like nicely folds up and like just like connects to the side of the, the koozie to make it almost like a handle.
1: Yeah. A handle might be a stretch, but yeah, it's, it's maybe not a handle, yeah, but yeah, it's on the side. Yeah. Um, so it made an appearance there. I think it mostly confused people. I was the only person who used it. I think that's probably understandable in the post COVID world <laughs> okay. in which we live. Right. I think that's, that's sad that Ollie or Sam didn't jump in. I for never really, I think Ollie might've, if I'd pressed him, I think Sam, it was a total no go. Uh,
0: we, I only used if to- only one of our other friends who has a notorious <laughs> reputation for funneling beers was with you, it could have created some excitement.
1: <laughs> but I will say the liquid goes down really quickly. Like that is a fast funnel. So it took, <laughs> took me by surprise when I, I tried it out once at home before we went out just to get an idea of like make sure it didn't leak or whatever. But when I tried it out in the bar... It uh it went down quickly, it was um, definitely effective, but yeah it's it's nice. It's like an on the go funnel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It really says it also comes with a, you know, you can hang it around your neck. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, it comes with um, what's the word for the, you know, like what you
0: hang hang a badge like a, from? Like a necklace. No, no. You know, the, like the. <laughs> oh, that's actually used to hang. Yeah, that, yeah. I thought that was just like for your keys or something. No, no, no.
1: It's a clip for the actual Kong cup. So you hang it around your neck to carry it around with you, which is how I was carrying it around. It's kind of, it's a pretty big statement about who you are as a person. I'll say that much. Like the the person strolling around with a funnel around their neck. I think. It's a lanyard. A lanyard yeah, lanyard. That's the word you're looking for. It tells a lot of people who you are um, before you even introduce yourself. So. I uh, and that's what one guy. Hey,
0: who's this guy? I don't know, but he's got a he's got a makeshift beer funnel on the go, hanging off his neck at work. <laughs> Stay away from him.
1: One guy, one one guy I do know, an English guy in the in the bar sat down next to us, and then he said, "You know, you claim to be American, but you're walking around with a funnel on your neck." So, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was uh, interesting. It's, it's fun. I was disappointed that I forgot to take it out for the Super Bowl. And I realized we went out to eat. And- oh, you could have got people on a Super Bowl yeah, going. I, re- I realized when we were out to eat, I was like, oh, no, I forgot the funnel. And that was a disappointment because that was the opportunity to get it going. But yeah, it was. Um, I-, I might. I'll take it out either this weekend or next, see if we can get get some more people on it.
0: The only downside is at bars, you're not getting many cans of beer. So it kind of defeats the other purpose of the koozie to be able to kind of use it to keep your can cold. Oh, no, it's a pure funnel so at that
1: point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's much better if you're at like a tailgate or someone's house or something like that. You yeah. can use the koozie aspect of it and not just look like a jackass carrying a funnel around your neck all day. <laughs>
1: no, it's, pure, it's purely purely funnel at that point. The other downside to it slightly... Is you do kind of need to wash the funnel out otherwise you will just be dripping beer all over yourself the rest of the day so there's some slight (laughs) inconveniences there but hey if they sponsor us we'll we'll start giving some rave reviews of this product over the coming weeks and keep your eyes open then maybe we'll have a kong giveaway on the podcast soon once they've heard that riveting discussion about one of their products (laughs) but yeah now one thing I can tell you is it's not something, if a zombie apop- apocalypse happened, it would be n- not be one of the items that I'd be grabbing to take with me as part of my survival <laughs> kit. Maybe it's- some-
0: Hey, you got to stay sane too. Oh yeah,
1: party <laughs> everywhere, anytime, anywhere. Okay. Oh, look at me, I'm going to funnel my own piss. This is how much of a, a wild card I am. This
0: is, this is a water world.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, why not talk about The Last of Us? Well, it's a good opportunity to say right now: spoilers ahead. Spoilers. <laughs> By now, if you're watching it, you should have seen the most recent episode. I yeah. promise. I will. In fact,
0: I it. barely remember it because I watched it when it came out on Friday before the Super Bowl yeah, a week ago. <laughs> yeah, I
1: will try not to spoil anything beyond this episode. <laughs>
0: but yes, we will obviously spoil episode. What is that episode? Five. 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 Crazy part, there's only four episodes left this season, so we're over halfway.
1: And I can already say we will be disappointed when it goes away as a TV show, because it is the only thing on television at the moment that I look forward to. (laughs) Like I look forward to Monday evenings, which is for me the first opportunity I get to watch it. That's it's nice to have. It will be sorely missed when it is gone, which is, I think, the biggest compliment you can pay to a TV show after five episodes.
0: No, it was it's it's a great, great show. And I just they're doing such a good job of still honoring that it's a video game, but at the same time putting into it more emotion and more character development, but still making it fun and exciting but yet super emotional. And, and like I was after this episode, I, I was like, I don't know if I can keep watching the show because it just, it's, it's really depressing. Like this episode in particular, we talked about episode three and how that one was like pretty emotional and pretty depressing at the end. And, you know, like it, it like hits you. And my only critique for that was it's a standalone story, but it doesn't really impact the main characters as much because they just get like a note at the end. And, you know, there's not as much interaction, but this episode in particular, you know, you kind of start to like two people and then those people are actually interacting with the two main characters with uh, Henry and Sam interacting with Joel and Ellie. And then, you know, when they end up dying at the end, it makes it even worse because you can just see how distraught Ellie is being a, a young kid and now seeing what the third person she's met in the past two weeks die (laughs) like anyone she like starts to form any sort of bond with is dying besides Joel at this point. So it's, uh, it, it, it was, they did a great job of building up the Sam and Henry characters and kind of making them, you know, making you care about them. And I think in the back of your mind, I knew they were going to die, but you still kind of have that hope like, you know, maybe, maybe one, maybe they'll live like who knows. And then you're just like, no, it's the last of us for a reason.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no. Pretty much everyone's going to die. That's not spoiling anything for anyone. But uh, yeah, it's not going to. If you don't like the idea of characters dying, then this is not the show for you. But no, I think I th- I thought they did a good job in a relatively limited screen time. Right? I mean, basically, yes, we saw them at the very end of the previous episode. But fundamentally, they were on art similar to the episode. Bill's episode you just had those two characters for a single single one episode go and they did enough in that time period to feel some attachment to them have an understanding of their backstory their dynamic and then yeah you get to see how it impacts the two main characters which I do think we got out of Bill's episode too right because his note at the end mattered to Joel so I think it was, its inter- right. we've had the one kind of standalone episode where we really see how that impacted Joel more in terms of how he then became more sort of caring towards Ellie as a result. And now we get to see one episode and how it really impacts her and maybe how it almost hardens her slightly with this idea that, you know, the world isn't going to be comic books and joking around with a kid in a, a underground playground.
0: Yeah, and, and then, you know, the other aspect of still playing true to the video game, like I thought the scene of him having the sniper rifle up at the top and kind of just like picking off uh, infected was really cool. And you can tell that was like right from the video game, you know, like you, you just had a feel of being in a video game, even though it, was, it was, wasn't uh, CGI or anything like that. That was really good. Um, I thought that the zombie attack was really good. The only questions I have, which I'm not, it doesn't really bother me, but there seems to be, maybe it's just that some infected are easier to kill than others because, you know, in that scene in the museum, those clickers were taking shots to the face and still it didn't budge. And then this one, Ellie stabs two of them in like the jugular and they just go down. Uh, So like, and I don't know, maybe there is levels of, you know, if a clicker is, feeding it's stronger and healthier whereas these ones were maybe trapped down below for so long that they're kind of like a weaker version or something who knows but that was seemed a little consistent but that bloater was pretty badass Um, and it's pretty cool when you find out that it's actually just some enormous six foot six like bodybuilding dude who puts on this massive suit i thought that was kind of cool um but and when he like just destroys that Perry and like rips his head off. That was pretty awesome. Uh so I like that. Can we maybe
1: talk two things bothered me about the episode. One, when they're getting shot at by the sniper who in the end holds them up so that they get caught by the chasing uh, group mm-hmm. of vigilantes or however you want to describe them why when he stormtrooper aim yeah why when he realized now obviously he doesn't know that they're being chased at that point but why when he realizes that they can basically get around him pretty safely why does they all just why does he bother to try and go and at first not even kill him try and talk him out of shooting at them more which is his initial goal why don't they just all just run get across the bridge and be gone there's that bit that confused me and also then when the uh infected started to appear they sat behind that car for a needless period of time like it became apparent that they should have just been taking that as the opportunity to escape while they were kind of being contained by the fire the that yep. they should have just booked it and run and they waited an unnecessary yep. period of time only for dramatic effects so that one of them could be bitten basically
0: as soon as the KC people like turned and saw this horde of zombies approaching, they should have just bolted. Like that's your opportunity. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And if it's, also it's like, go ahead. If it's me too, I give credit to all those people for staying to fight because I would have decided like maybe these people can contain them. I'm going to run because this, <laughs> this is this and is this. You got room
0: for one more. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I might not win any medals for bravery, but I might be alive afterwards to tell the story.
0: I don't think they're giving medals out in KC anymore anyway, so. <laughs>
1: you can make one yourself.
0: Yeah. And like going off of the bloater kind of just being a real person, you know, on, under a suit and not CGI. I thought the, um, the really crazy looking infected person that was like had their body upside down and was basically like spider crawling to the Ellie. Little, the little kid. Is, yeah, it's like a nine-year-old contortionist gymnast in real life. Like she, her body literally can do that. Like how she was – so that was really cool too that they – you know, it's crazy. To, like is that a casting call someone puts out? Like looking for an under 11-year-old who can, who can flip their legs and crawl oh. upside down? <laughs> well,
1: Frank, I think that's a casting call that gets put out quite a lot, but nine times out of ten it gets you arrested. I think that's the start to a lot of episodes of To Catch a Predator.
0: I would say it comes from a production company, but uh, <laughs> Harvey Weinstein might say otherwise. <laughs> yeah.
1: just we, we just got a standing casting call out just in case that ever, we'll find something for you. But uh, yeah, no, it was, but uh, yeah, a really good episode. The most kind of, the combination of action plus uh, some character development, probably the best episode so far. I mean, I do, I did really, really like the Bill Frank episode. I think as a piece of television, that will be the best episode of this show when the even when the series ends. Like I think that is a could have been its own TV series, could have been its own movie. I thought that was really, really well done. But in
0: terms of combining the sort of main story. But that only works because you have other episodes that actually drive the story. Like if you just had standalone episodes the entire way like there'd be no story it would just be like I don't, a collection of short stories during the lost of us <laughs>
1: <laughs> which i could be on board with
0: if you yeah me too if you told I, me like i agree we're gonna have this
1: tv show about the apocalypse and we're just gonna dedicate like an hour to 90 minutes on different people in different places and we're gonna show you probably them dying because that's the realistic outcome every time <laughs> and we're just gonna show you like what they did at the start how they end up dying i could be on board if someone wants to come up with a zombie TV show or an apocalypse TV show where that's all you get, like each person just, and maybe they kind of, kind of
0: like black mirror a little bit. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And maybe they do kind of connect at different moments. So, you know, someone comes across something after someone else has been there or something like that, or there's a kind of domino effect from one character to another, but you don't see it within the same episode. I could like that, but, but no, I think this one combined, you know, a lot of action, character development some sad parts a lot of reading what a deaf kid had written on a flip chart thing
0: (laughs) yeah yeah that that ending that was brutal like (laughs) after like it's so bad because like the episode ends and then i just sat there for a good few minutes just like wow okay great now now uh, i'm super cheerful (laughs) that
1: was also i mean in the video game he's not deaf I think that was yeah. a interesting addition, kind of changing that dynamic and made it more kind of you could see then the kind of way they had to interact with each other was more compelling. But And the ages
0: are different too in the video game, I think.
1: A little bit. But another difference is he doesn't tell her that he's been bitten before they go to sleep in the video game. So she wakes up and he's a zombie. But she didn't know ahead of time that he was probably infected, and you have to question her from a decision-making standpoint. That he, I mean, maybe she's super optimistic that her blood is a cure, but that just felt like I, I interpret that as her trying to calm him down to put him at ease. So did I. Not that she actually, in any way, actually believed it. So yeah. for her to doze off, I know she's can't be infected, but she could. He could just you know, kill her. Yeah. Just bite her neck and she's dead. She almost did. Yeah. Or (laughs) she she infects, he infects the other two, in which case she's totally screwed. Anyway, got a Not a lot of responsibility there to
0: just. No, maybe that'll wake her up a little bit. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah. They also do a really good job too, of not being over gratuitous with the violence. I mean, yes, it is a very violent show, but they purposely don't show you a lot of the deaths. They happen off the screen, and you see more the character's reaction to them, which I think is more meaningful, and it hits a little more. So, for instance, when Joel kills that kid who tried to kill him, but then Ellie shoots, you don't actually see Joel stab and, and kill the person. You just see Ellie's response to hearing the, the kid die. And then in this one, you do see... Sam is the younger one, right, gets shot. But you don't see Henry kill himself. You just see Ellie's reaction to it. Um, and I think I, that, I think, hits even harder because she does a great job of, uh, of you know, putting her emotions out there. So it's, they're doing a good job in that sense, too, where it's not just, hey, you know what was great about Game of Thrones? Like, people love the violence. So let's just show every violent thing we can. They're picking and choosing very well and, and making it meaningful.
1: Yeah, and it opens it up to a slightly wider age range. Like I wouldn't be wanting to watch this show with a ten-year-old, but you know you could be, <laughs> but you could be watching it with, you know, if you have a kid and they're, I don't know what age. 12, twelve, thirteen. I'd probably feel comfortable. Watching. Middle school. Yeah, watching that on a regular basis. Like, there's not too much. There is the violence, but you're going to be seeing that. In any, I mean, they're going to be seeing the violence. Any, if you've played the video game, the violent, the video game is has more gore than the TV show. So. There's already that but no I do agree with you because it would have just been gratuitous to show the, the suicide. It, it wouldn't have added anything to it and so you know what's happened you can appreciate it has the impact without just having to go through the process of showing you someone blow their brains out. But I don't know if I'd been him I probably would have stuck it out but I think you get to that point in the world Maybe I'm wrong. Never had to be live through the apocalypse. But I feel like you would have had to come to terms with the fact that I'm going to have to stick on by myself. Probably at some point.
0: Yeah, maybe. My question to you, Eddie, is uh, they're holed up in that attic for like, what, three weeks or something like that? Just eating cans of food. Could you survive (laughs) off of cans of food? Not being able to heat them, like think about just having to eat cold, cold green beans, cold ravioli, in a can. or whatever it is. Yeah, um, I mean ravioli would be great, <laughs> but you're getting great. probably. I mean, compared to some of this shit, you're probably getting. I mean, yeah. you, think about your. some one might just be cold sweet corn or something like that. Sweet you know, corn. well cold.
1: you've you've picked you've actually picked one there that that's sweet tem- the, the temperature lot. doesn't add any, but like cold. <laughs> I don't know, chick a, like beans a, a soup like or baked something. Beans. And it's just Ugh. it's congealed
0: Oh, like, soup would be gross. Uh, oh yeah, like a like a like a thick soup, like yeah. a um like a chowder, yeah. a clam chowder, <laughs> cold clam chowder.
1: <laughs> a dream come true. Uh could I live I mean you'd have to, right? All things yeah. considered, not the worst scenario.
0: I guess all things considered, how much better meals are they getting anyway they're just eating beef jerky or warm soup well, yeah you know, so it's not like it's that far off chef boy rd
1: <laughs> got rave reviews from them so this yeah. is canned food seems to be a prized commodity i mean that's caviar at this point but
0: God, not being able to eat pizza or cheeseburgers which is be <laughs> brutal It'd be so brutal
1: that's when you take yourself out
0: yeah i mean that's honestly 50% of my meals <laughs>
1: Yeah. Again, if you went off into the woods, I mean, gee, we've we've discussed this already on one episode, but the lack of dairy would be your undoing for some of those things. You would need to be... Now, if you told me there's someone out there in this universe who was just a dairy farmer in the middle of nowhere. Still, for sure. And he's still breeding his cows. Crushing it. And he's fine. Life is...
0: Let's hope Ted Turner is still alive because he reintroduced the bison to America. So maybe he's got a a huge herd of bison. Well,
1: not to be – I think Ted Turner 30 years from now is dead no matter what the scenario is. But
0: But this is Ted Turner 20 years ago.
1: (laughs) But then 20 years in the future. Oh, yeah. It's present day. So he'd be his current age. It's present day Ted Turner,
0: yeah. I think he's like in his 80s now. So maybe Ted Turner's not alive, but maybe his herd – Is alive, and you can have some nice bison burger.
1: Yeah, be interesting. But you're right,
0: and and maybe maybe we'll see that because I don't watch the previews, so I don't know what the next episode is about. But I'm assuming they're going west. Who watches? So who watches the previews? I know people who love to watch the previews. I I don't get it. And I know people who get mad when you say like, "No, we're not watching previews." (laughs) Yeah,
1: we both know people like that. But yeah, I don't understand it. I don't know why you want to know something. It doesn't it no. doesn't increase my enjoyment when I then watch it of like, oh yeah, this is the bit we already saw.
0: I want no preconceived notion of what's going to happen
1: I mean, I know
0: yes, they are going west,
1: assuming they follow so I'm assuming
0: the- maybe we get that, you know, assuming I, they, I, I i yeah,
1: assuming they follow the path of the video game, this is the thing, right we don't know if this well, thing-
0: they're going to his brother and his brother's in Wyoming, yeah. so. But for example, unless there's a huge detour in the show it happens very quickly i have a feeling they're gonna go west
1: for example in the video game no this is, spoiler. this isn't no a spoiler. spoiler
0: this is not a spoiler at least of an, it's not kansas city at some
1: point they end up in salt lake city
0: well and also this it's not kansas city in the in the in game the, in the game it's pittsburgh
1: yeah so it might be they don't end up in so i'm not you know they might not end up in salt lake city i'm just interested to see if they do because at least then i can maybe try and drudge the geography and be like where would i have been <laughs> <laughs> like how could i have where would i have gone salt lake city is probably a great place to try and survive although there's some really depressing news at the moment about the great salt lake which is rapidly disappearing yeah and
0: lake powell but that's yeah. a different story for another day <laughs>
1: talk about apocalypse they, they've called it a potential apocalypse in salt lake
0: yeah all right well i guess with that we'll wrap up the episode be yeah. back next week yeah all right. all right talk to you later see you hurry up